0: This morning, So Father, I am, maybe I'm just really grateful that you're a God of the impossible. Yes. And God, I pray that in each one of our hearts, you would build something of resonance in us that says we want more from you. That we're not satisfied with the crumbs from the table. That we want to sit at the table and we want to eat with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So God, as, um, as I share what you've put on my heart this morning, I pray that it would touch our hearts. Pray that that our ears would be attentive to listen to what your spirit is saying to us. And God, I'm just really, really grateful that when we gather together, there's something of your strength and your peace and your presence that's here. And and I just want to say how grateful I am for that. God, touch each one of us this morning. Encourage our hearts. Whether we're in the house, we're watching online, we just pray that there'd be a grace from heaven that ministers hope into each one of our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hmm. So quite a season, huh, church? Yeah. Quite a, and it's a good season, but it's a different season. So this morning, I want to talk to you about, behold, I'm doing something new. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the fabric behind how we're wired. So some of this is things I've taught before. Some of this is things that are just foundational. So you understand some of what I want to encourage you with. Um, every week I ask the Lord, can I share any of my story? This week he said, no. So I'm not sharing with you any of my journey. Um, well, unless he gives me then the moment kind of permission. But but, and I told Henry when I came in, I said, you know, I didn't feel like I walked as strongly as I have another week. So I don't know that I have a lot to say other than the, the battle's real. Amen. How I many of you guys know the battle's real? Your battle is real, isn't it? Like sometimes you want the breakthrough and all the time. it Like sometimes the journey, God's presence is part of the journey. And as much as we want the answers, sometimes... The answers come at a later time. Like, I'm not good with timing. not good with patience. Many of you would say the exact same thing, but I know this for sure. This is a new season. Can you say it's a new season? It's a new season. You know the problem with new seasons? That we're used to the old one. That's the problem. We're really familiar with the way things already are. Like, one of the ladies we prayed for the other day, when she walked up, she stood there, and the Lord said to me, I, I'm not going to heal her. And I'm like, what? Know, like, it made me mad. I just want to be honest with you. Like, I'm like, what? And he said, no, she doesn't believe I will. And I went, wow. And so Linda started ministering to her, and the lady, all I kept hearing out of her mouth was, yeah, but it's been this way for a long time, and I felt this way for a long time, and yes, I've got prayer lots of times, and I, and I just thought, she's not here to receive. She was encouraged by the prayer. It wasn't negative, but I was sad to think, and this is what I thought, that's us. That's me. That's us. That we don't believe that God wants to, and we don't believe that he will. But listen, if you're going to walk in newness of life, new creation, as a made new child of God, then you've got to start to move out of old thinking and move into new thinking. Can I get an amen to that? You cannot do what you used to do and get an outcome that is different. You know, that's the definition of, of insanity. Do the same thing and expect a different outcome. Like somewhere in there, we've got to say, I want to behave differently. I want to believe differently. God help my unbelief. That's a really legitimate prayer. I pray it all the time. As a matter of fact, you know, in change, none of us is good with change. Not one of us is good with change. God is the only one that never changes. When things change for us, we're not super comfortable with that kind of stuff. You know, Just by way of recap, last week, I said this to you, anything you fear, you'll worship. I said, listen, if you fear rejection, you'll worship acceptance. You won't worship God. And then I also said this to you, just by way of recap, I said, the devil will only tempt you. Say, he'll only tempt me in things I already have. I got a question for you. Are you accepted in Jesus? Yes. Yes. So if you're tempted with rejection and you're seeking acceptance, can I help you? You're already accepted. The devil will whisper in your ear, no one likes you. No one wants you. You got to work harder. Got to wear these clothes. You got to do this. Get your hair done that way. Wear this cologne. Buy that house. Whatever it might be. So that you can be accepted when, listen, you already are accepted accepted. So you know that we are made of three parts just like God. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. We are body, soul, the way that you think and feel and emote, and your spirit. You know that this was even true of Jesus? You know that Jesus actually possessed these when he came as a man on the earth. Jesus himself operated as a triune, if you will, man. I know he's the son of the triune God, but when Jesus came, he came in the flesh, John chapter 1. Can we all agree that Jesus literally showed up? Like I'm in a theology class, and we're reading all this theology. Jesus was just an apparition. I'm like, he's a ghost? No, 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 no. But man, you watch over the centuries, people thought all kinds of things. Even today, people think all kinds of things about Jesus. But Jesus came in the flesh, so he literally had a body, we see that really clearly. Jesus was in the tomb after his death, so we know that he was, he was somebody who was in the body and put into a tomb. In Psalm 16, it says that you will not abandon his soul to Sheol. So we know that he had a, a soul, an inward part of his being. And he said this when he was dying. He said, into my, thy hands I commit my what? So Jesus himself was what? Body, soul, soul. And he was a spirit. All right, well, how about man? Like just to, I've done this with you lots of times, but I'm trying to build an understanding of there's lots of parts working in you that are challenging you to grab a hold of God. Watch. Let me, I feel permission to say this one now. I had a bad day yesterday. You know why I had a bad day? Because I thought too much. There was nothing bad about the day. There was nothing bad about the day. Got up, felt pretty good. We had the ministry time a couple of days. I, like, nothing, and, and I was just, like I woke up at three and I was just thinking, what if? What if? What if? By the way, I'm going to teach you about what if next week. What if? What if? And I'm like, okay, why am I thinking what if? And, and Heather and I were talking about this and one of the commitments I made to myself that I wouldn't do any research because I, I, like I'm a theologian. I research. That's what I do. So I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. So I get the MRI and I figure out what the doctors is going to tell me before the doctors tell me. You know all that did? is freak me out. That's all it did. It didn't do anything good. Because I read all the what ifs. And when you're reading the what ifs, you're finding all the extra information that says all sorts of negativity. And I'm like, okay, I can't do that. But it made me have an awful day because I got in my, because I'm, I'm made up. I say this to you guys almost every week, spiritually doing really well feel dialed in with God really well. Emotionally, I'm not going to lie. Up and down. There's days, some moments. Uh, physically, eh, I don't feel 100%. But man, when I get up in here, oh boy, it's like place your bets. <laughs> I mean, it really is. <laughs> like, I mean, I, so, so we are white. Listen, when man fell, Adam and Eve fell, this is Genesis 2.7. It says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, And he became a living being. So what we see right here, that God formed man from the dust—that's your physical body. He breathed the breath of life. That is literally spirit. That's literally what that is in the Hebrew. That he breathed spirit into him, and man became a living being. That's your soul. Now listen. When Adam and Eve sinned, did they die? Not physically. Thank you. I got some smart folks in the room. Did they die spiritually? Do you know that every single one of us is born dead? Yes. You're like, oh, that's not a nice way to say it. I agree. I'm speaking spiritually. Every single one of us is born dead spiritually. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have a soul. And it doesn't mean we don't have a body. Like Adam and Eve, the, the extent of their <laughs> sin brought about death in the earth. Now, it didn't have, happen physically for a long time, right? They didn't die immediately. But spiritually, they died what? instantly. They died immediately. So when we're wrestling through this stuff, we've got to understand how God made us, how God wired us, so that we can understand exactly how to walk through these different aspects of our being and grab a hold of truth and grab a hold of, listen, newness. You're in a new season, but to be in a new season, you've got to behave differently than the old season. You can't do what you used to do and expect the outcome to be different. You've got to listen to God and. Do what he's telling you to do. I'll save that for later. I have another thought, but I'll save it for later. So God's word addresses this triunity of man. Also, this is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Incidentally, just quickly, when you guys read the word of God, does sometimes it get into your world? You're like, I feel like I should have permission to be mad. And you start reading it and you're like, he's making me forgive him. That means he's gonna get him, and he's like, no, 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 no. That's not enough. Like, that's what we, you know, we just want to make God on our side all the time, don't we? But, but he, listen, word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Watch, watch, and it pierces as far as the division of soul and spirit, two parts of your triune being, of both joints and marrow. That's your body, and it's able to judge the intentions or the thoughts and the intentions of your heart, which is your inner man, your soul it's how you're wired. That is the you that exists. So even the word of God plays into this idea of the triunity of man. And and let's now jump back to where God comes and seeks out Adam and Eve, and he's looking for them in the garden. And this is Genesis 3.10. Again, fabric behind what I'm going to talk to you about. So just hang on to the idea. You are body, soul, and spirit. You're all of them. In Genesis 3.10, he said, he asked, Adam, where were you? And he says, I heard... The sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. I heard that's a process of your mind. When you hear something, you process it where? You hear boom and you die because you think, "Maybe I'm going to get blown up or something. You hear a gunshot and you hide. You hear, watch, James, and you turn around because somebody must be. I'm processing in my mind what's being spoken to me. And then he says, I was afraid. I was afraid. That sounds like an emotion to me, doesn't it? When you're fearful, you're emoting something. He's afraid. And then he hides, which, listen, is an act of your will. He chose to hide. This is part of how you and I are wired. And understanding that is a powerful truth. Now, now let me take a pause because I want to draw you in a little bit. I, I'm not talking to your minds right now. So please don't just put process through this through your mind. I want you to let this land in your heart. Yes, I understand. We understand the hearing with the mind. But I'm wanting this to settle into your inner being. I'm wanting you to think like this. I am comprised of three separate things. I have a physical body. I have a soul that makes me think and feel, and act differently than anyone else I know. And it's important that you understand that. You're not me, and you're not the person sitting next to you. You are you. Listen, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. No accidents. How many times I've sat with people, like, well, God didn't make me smart like you. You're brilliant. God didn't make me pretty or handsome like that girl. Nah. Stop the comparison. God didn't... I don't have the ability to... Stop the naysaying. This is what you need to say. This is the exchange spiritually. I am created by the living God. Watch, try it with me. I am created by the living God. He made me unique. Different. Watch, watch. Excellent. No mistakes. See, this is how I think... Jesus doesn't die for mistakes. Didn't die for a mistake. You're not a mistake. Now, you might have made a few mistakes. Can I get an amen? (laughs) You might have made a few. And maybe you're suffering the consequences of some of those mistakes. I'm just saying, because I know I am. There's things I've done that I looked at I go, well, I could point at other things, but this is kind of my fault. I did this and it's playing out and I can't complain to God about how he's treating me because in reality, I brought this on myself. That's when I turn this way spiritually. Listen, God, can you rescue me? God, can you show me the way out? So watch, watch again. I, now I'm filling permission again. So I didn't write any of my stuff into my notes. So I go out on the dock. Um, we live on Spring Valley Lake, so I'm in the backyard, and I'm wasting time. It's winter. There ain't no fish, but I'm just throwing my fishing pole. I'm like, Jesus, I need the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom. I'm dead serious. This is a God is my witness prayer. I need wisdom. Getting a lot of information, like a fish, getting a lot of information, and I'm not 100% sure what to do. I want you to heal me, that's really what I want. Is that my journey? I don't know, God. This 100%. I just stopped and I said, I just really need wisdom with what I'm supposed to do. I walk in the house and Timothy Durfield texts me, I've been praying for you that you would have wisdom this morning. I haven't even talked to Timothy. Vic let Timothy know what's going on with me. I haven't even talked to him. I'm like, bro, I literally <laughs> just prayed that. Like, a minute ago i literally just prayed it so how much is god in your world like that like that he is intimately acquainted with all of your ways listen i'm not talking about you understanding here I'm talking about you understanding here this is listen i you've heard this said so like it's, everybody preaches this the the biggest gap is between your head and your heart when it comes to faith it's the biggest gap because I can't reason some of the stuff that my heart believes. And my heart sometimes have a, has a hard time reasoning some of the stuff I read. And I go, God, where's... And he's just like, James, I just want you to walk with me. I want you to seek me. I want you to listen to me. I want you not to operate in fear. I want you to be courageous. That's, he's saying the same things over you as well. So I'm just trying to encourage you. Don't deny this... Well, I'm not allowed to feel that way. You know, no, no, no. The feeling's real. Hello? You can't let the feeling lead. The feeling has to be surrendered to the authority of Christ. See, listen, your spirit communes with God's spirit. Your soul communes with God's spirit and all of life. And your body communes with life. And the sunsets have been amazing on the lake lately. I look outside, I'm like, man, the mere heavens declare the glory of God. And I see it, and I just go, man, God, you're like just, I can't even see color, and that's cool looking. (laughs) Like, I'm serious. Like, I'm colorblind. I'm like, "I'm, I'm colorblind, and I know that's amazing. Because that is how God wired us. He wired our spirits to sit underneath his authority, our soul to take all of who we are, surrender it, listen, to his authority, And then our bodies to enjoy all of what he's given us to enjoy, to steward. Does this make sense, church? This is important for you to understand so that you can grow spiritually. Because otherwise, you'll always look with the natural eyes and you'll never see the spiritual outcome. Listen, God is always up to something. He's always up to something. There's nothing ever that God isn't up to something. See, so as we grow... I want you to understand that we cannot live from our souls. If you live from your soul, think like this, you're going to live selfishly. Watch, Watch. watch. let me paint it this way. Most of us, when we live from our souls, will say stuff like this. I feel like I'm getting overlooked at work. I feel like they don't like me. You get in your head, you start thinking things that are not accurate. You know, yeah, I know God... Like, Pastor always says he's God's favorite. God doesn't like me like that. You know, I know I need provision, but he's not going to do that for me. Listen, one of my biggest challenges is, God, I want you to heal me, but you're not going to do that for me, are you? Like, that's not my my journey, huh? That's not my journey. Well, that's a faithless statement. You, you know, I... I listen... I'm good. I get it. Like, God heals supernaturally. He uses medicine. I'm good. I'm good. But if I'm honest, that's just a statement of unbelief. Listen, some of you are in the same thing. You're like, you want God to do great things... But, but you're not partnering at any, like some God has been telling you to move. Like my favorite analogy to this is like the guy's in the flood and the water's rising and, and the boat comes and says, get in, come on, get in. The guy goes, nope, I'm going to wait for the Lord to come get me. And another boat comes by, get in. The guy goes, nope, nope, going to wait for the Lord. Helicopter comes by, I grab the rope. Guy says, nope, going to wait for the Lord. And then he drowns, he goes to heaven. He's like, thought you were going to rescue me. He said, I said, two boats and a helicopter. Like sometimes we need to respond. You with me? So again, I'm trying to paint a picture for you that these are normal things, but God wants us to operate differently. Listen, when you operate from your soul, you're operating from self. This is what Jesus said about this kind of thing. like when he's talking to Nicodemus, he's saying, "I don't want you to be a person who lives from your soul. I want you to be a person who lives from your spirit." John chapter three, verse five through seven. Jesus answered him speaking to Nicodemus, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, which by the way, is a natural birth, that doesn't mean baptism for those of you who are out there. And spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I said this to you. You must be born again. What does that mean? He's trying to transform the way you think, feel, and act. That's what that means. When you're born from the spirit, you operate from the spirit. When you're born from the soul, you operate from the way you feel. Your feelings are, man, they lie. Who They lie. You look in the mirror, you're like... I still look pretty good, and you're, you know, and then you actually get on a scale, <laughs> you scale and the scale says otherwise. I'm just saying. You're, you're I like, know oh, I'm playing with y'all, indeed, but but seriously, we trick ourselves. Is all I'm saying. We trick ourselves into thinking something that is not what God thinks. Now, I got a question for you. How many of you are smart? Wow, like one, two hands. Okay, the rest of y'all are liars then. Because I, like, like, I already said to you, Jesus doesn't make jacked up stuff. He doesn't j- die for jacked up stuff. So you're like, well, you're talking about book smart. You're talking about street smart. I'm just talking about generally. Did God give you some intellect? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, okay, good. We're all on the same. Or maybe you know someone smart. Well, you know me and I'm smart. So there you go. We're good. So let's keep going though. Listen, when you're denying all that stuff, listen, your soul is at work. Telling you something other than what God is saying about you. Does this make sense? You're either operating in some sort of false humility or you're self-deprecating. You're telling yourself something that God doesn't say about you. And God wants you to operate as who he designed you to be. Listen. Listen. I'm smart, and I'm really good at figuring stuff out. I solve things well. This is a gift for me. I like research. It makes me a good Bible teacher. I like research. I'm good at it. I find things, nuggets, underneath. I like sharing what I learned. Here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. Sometimes what I learn, I don't surrender to God to get his direction and permission with what I should do with it. See, listen, listen. A lot of us are in spots where we're stuck because we get a good opportunity. We get a good idea. Somebody opens a door for us that maybe God didn't open. And we run through that door without ever pausing and saying, God, is this you? Because it feels good. It's going to be a better job. I'm going to make more money. This is good for my family, right? Come on, I know I'm talking to some of you right now. You're in your head thinking, if it looks good, if it's a golden shiny ring, I got to grab it. And you never do this. God, is that my ring? Is that my season? Is this my journey? Are you ordering my steps? Now, listen, listen. Let me give you a, a, if you do it God's way, it's actually easier. It's actually easier. Now, watch, watch. I'm going to ask you all to show your hands and I'm expecting every hand to go up. How many of you in the room have made a decision and then afterwards went, that was a mistake? <laughs> Come on. Now watch, when it was a mistake, hold on, yeah, some people are doing this number, they're raiding their feet and everything, they're like, I got everything going up. I'm like, get off your back, sit back down, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, but listen, some of you, if I were to ask, did you ask God first, you would probably say, I didn't. That's the difference between taking your soul, listen, surrendering it to your spirit, saying, God, what do you want? Because that is how you walk in freedom. Now, have I done this perfectly? No, I don't know anybody who has. And when people make mistakes, this is what I love saying to them Welcome to school. Man, I'll tell you what, I learn more by touching hot things than somebody telling me it's hot. And I am that guy. You mean this thing's hot? (laughs) Like, I'm that guy. But I've learned so much more from failure than I have from success. Now listen, that's not a permission to go fail. Please understand what I'm saying. But I know this. God will work everything together for good, won't he? He takes those things and he builds us into new people. So watch. Now, I'm going to go deep for just a second. You you ready? You ready? I and you, before we know Jesus, were spiritually dead. Okay, and then we, we get to know Jesus and he gives us his spirit and we become what? Alive. And then after we become alive, then he tells us, you should die. You're like, Pastor, I'm super confused. What are you talking about? I have been crucified with Christ. Yet it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. In this life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. See, you know one of the biggest problems with our lives? None of us operate like we're dead people. You just don't. But if you've been crucified with Christ, that means your life is supposed to be lived for who? Christ. Christ. And if I'm honest, and if you're honest, our biggest problems come when we don't do that. I want this thing, this job, this person, this girl, this guy, you know how many people I have walked with over the years who have made a bad decision in a relationship? But I I want them. He's handsome and he smells good. But, but Pastor, look at how cute she is. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but Pad Pad, she's, she's the one I'm telling you. She, she understands me. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Listen, two decisions you're going to make in your life that are monumental. Trusting Jesus and your spouse. So, like you don't trust Jesus, it'll destroy you. You pick the wrong person, it'll destroy you. Can God heal? Oh, absolutely. Please understand, I like if anybody in the room is married, they'd say, ooh, I love my spouse, but there are times I wanted to throw him out. Ooh, I got an amen from the back row. Woo, bring it. (laughs) Preaching from the seats. We'll pray for you later. And I got a window at about 2 o'clock to do a little counseling, so I'm just saying. (laughs) Man, Christ lives in me, and, and this is what I know. We need his lordship in our lives, right? Don't we? And that means you're, that you're going to live a surrendered life, putting God first. And, you know, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 16. He said, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will what? That's called spiritual living. That's all that is. I'm trying to help you understand, like, you're going to make lots of mistakes. Come on, come on, let's just do this together. I'm going to make mistakes. And Jesus forgives me. Watch. I'm going to choose to listen to him so that I avoid some of those mistakes. That's it. I just gave you Christian living. You're going to make mistakes. And when you do, God is big. He'll forgive, restore, he'll heal. It's when you make choices to do things that you know violate your heart with God or violate his principles, that's when you get in trouble. God's not surprised by your sin. He knew you were going to do it before you did it. He's looking for what you will do, what your heart will do, what your response will be. So how do I live this new life, Pastor? Because you just told me that we're all a mess. (laughs) No, I didn't. I just told you you need to live from your spirit and that God redeemed you, gave you new life. Live like a dead man. That's what I just told you. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit, and they all need to be surrendered to his lordship. That's what I just told you. So, So how do I do this? Okay, so, so let's now jump into Isaiah 43, which, as I said, to you guys, this is the verse for the year. I, I'll probably teach on this more than once, but I just want to give you some steps, some principles, some things that will help you maybe walk into this idea. Like, I understand that I got things working within me that God wired. They're not accidental. And, and I want to understand, what do I do with that stuff? So Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, he says this, he says, Don't call to mind the former things, or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something, what? New, I love it. Now it will spring forth, will you not be aware of it? I will even make roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So Isaiah is speaking to a group of people who are. He's God is saying, I'm broadening out the promise. I promised Israel would be my people, but this promise is bigger than that. I'm not going to go into the details of, of all of what I could break down in this passage. I want you to get just some nuggets out of these few verses. So the first one is this. You have to learn to leave the past behind. Your past is in your what? Past. It's behind you. If you've not asked for forgiveness for it, maybe go back to God and say, When I did this dumb thing when I was, you know, three years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago, and it's still haunting me today, would you please forgive me? But you cannot live out of the decision 50 years ago, 20 years ago, two hours ago. You can't live out of the past and walk into the future. It's impossible to do this. And I want you to understand, this is what goes on. Your spirit is saying, I want to follow Jesus. And your soul is going, yeah, but he, did you see what I just did? He's not going to lead me. Like, I get, I'm the guy who gets kicked out. I did dumb, I said dumb things. I acted stupidly. See, as soon as you li- live out of that history, the woe is me. Can I, can I help you? The woe is me. You start to lose the sight of the next step. You lose that God is leading me to something new. Former things, man, this is your battle with the past. He said, don't call it to remembrance. Listen, this is where we learn how to take every thought captive. This is where you're taking authority over your thinking. Come on. I love it. I, lo- I love this. Joyce Meyer says this all the time. You know, you don't have to think what you're thinking. You really don't. You know the thinking's a choice. Come on, say, I got a choice. I don't have to think what I'm thinking. I don't. You don't. You don't have to think the negative thought you're thinking. You don't have to think. Listen, when I was wrestling yesterday and I was overthinking, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now. I don't have to think this right now. But what if? I, I don't have to think this right now. But but but. I. you guys hear the tension? How many of you feel that tension? Come on. Can we be honest right now? Every single person in this room battles with what I'm saying. I know I'm not speaking a lie right now. I know what I'm teaching you right now is, is like, like it's good. Amen. It's good. Like the, the Bible would not tell us to take every thought captive if it didn't have a good purpose and outcome for us. You don't have to think what you're thinking. You can take authority over the way you think, over the way you feel. Listen. You, you cannot live in yesterday and go toward tomorrow. You don't have to think with your thinking. He, he says he'll cause. It also means to cause, to remember. Listen, can I be honest with you? This is the point where the devil comes in and tries to tell you that you don't have something you really, really need. And if you don't get it on your own, God ain't going to give it to you. Man, I, I know I'm telling the truth right now. Good Lord. I know that we all wrestle here. Like, I, I got, listen, I'm a control fiend, and I don't say that complimentary. I mean, I like being in control. I mean, I was texting with Natasha yesterday. Like, man, I don't like the waiting. I don't like not being in control. I'm just, I don't like not being in control. I like to know what's up. I, am I, anybody else? Help me out. Don't leave me alone here. Come on. I feel like I'm in the, Everybody's like, dang, Pastor's a sinner because I don't do that. I don't know. Listen, I know what I'm talking about right now is life. We don't like things that feel beyond our control. But listen, listen, you serve a God who is always in control, He's never out of control. And He knows what's going on, and He's saying, hey, lean into me, Spirit. That's the Spirit thing. Lean into me. Take the thought captive. I know you feel unsettled right now, but remember that pesky, you know, don't worry about anything. Remember that? You know, Paul said in Philippians, but with prayer and supplication and the peace of God will transcend all understanding. Jesus said, man, don't even, like God takes care of the sparrows. Like I know these verses. Like I know these verses. Like I've studied these verses. I've taught you these verses. And I'm standing on the dock going, Jesus, this, I don't get it. So I know I'm talking to you. I know for sure the journey that I'm on is the same journey you're on. Just the circumstances are different. So we have a choice. Do we put our spirit first or do we put the way we feel, the way we emote? Maybe you're not feeling physically well, so go got to do everything I can to make myself feel better. These pills I'm taking, they take the pain away, Pastor. You know been many people I've prayed for that have been addicted to oxycodone and stuff like that? I mean, seriously, countless over the years. And, and again, medication's a good thing, managed. Hello? Hello? It's not a bad thing. But tell so many people, like, I couldn't get, I didn't know I was over, because your body builds up a tolerance, and you take more, and you take more, and before you know it, you're stuck. Oh, man, the day was so stressful. Man, when I get home, I'm just going to have a glass of wine. Oh, well, the kids went to bed, so I'm going to finish the bottle of wine. <laughs> I just told on someone. I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I, again, I'm teasing with y'all, but I'm not. Because this is how we process difficulty. But when you put your spirit first, then the Spirit of God can say, Hey, nothing wrong with a glass of wine. There's nothing in the Bible. You're not going to find anywhere in the Bible that says a glass of wine is wrong. But it'll tell you don't get drunk. Or tipsy. Some of you are like, I'm not drunk, I'm just a little tipsy. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you ain't tipsy. That's called drunk. <laughs> Give it ten more minutes and you, you'll be dancing and stuff. You know, I'm just saying. We've got to manage who we are and do it with integrity and honesty and sincerity and don't go to the medicating of our feelings, our fears, our emotions. Listen, the way I medicate is I overthink. That's not a good thing. I'm not. And prior to that, I would overeat. No, I'm being serious. Because, you know, a peanut butter sandwich makes everything better at midnight. It does. I'm just saying. It does. Now, somebody said amen. I'm like, where are we meeting? <laughs> I'll bring the jelly. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> So, so, you cannot move forward by looking in the past. Jesus said it this way, Luke chapter 9, verse 62. He said, But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, listen, is fit for the kingdom. So, if you want to live a kingdom lifestyle, you can't live out of yesterday. That's called being new. Okay, That's what it means to be new. Here's the next one. Get out of your head. Man, the pain of pondering. Ponder, man, I think so much. You think so much. Remember that whole smart thing? Like, I just got a question for you. Are you smarter than God? I don't think any one of us in the room is presumptuous enough to think I can outwit God or I'm smarter than God. I don't think anybody in here, if you are... Man, you need to come to an altar call when we're done. I gotta pray for you. Because I don't think any of us in this room are smarter than God. I don't think our collective energy and intellect is smarter than the one who created our intellect. It's not even possible. Like like, you've got to get this that you can't ponder so much that you let it rule. This is what Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He said, We are destroying. Say, I want to destroy something. Hello? We are destroying speculations. Listen, in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. But the way I think, I'm smarter. No, you're not. Only God is brilliant. Only God is smarter. Only God is the one who has the actual answers to every single issue of your life. My question is, are you listening? He says, I'll lead you out. Man, man like, I'm just that cynic, you know, I'm that guy, I'm that guy, I read the Bible, I'm like, serious? So, I don't know if you ever thought of Passover, like when, when they're putting the, the, the blood on the lentils, and, and God says, listen, don't even go outside and look, or nothing, the angel of death will pass over your house, which is a picture of Jesus, because his blood covers us, and it passes over us too, but imagine if you're really the, the Israelites, and you're about to leave Egypt, and everybody's kids are dying, what does that sound like? I mean, think about it. You're in your house, and you're hearing wailing and weeping and crying, and it's your neighbor, and you might even like that person, and you're like, I'm just going to stay in the house and do nothing. I mean, like, I put the Bible into, like, Moses walks up to the Red Sea, he's like, and God's like, bro, what you doing? Get walking. Like, there ain't have time to stop and pray. You need to move. And then he puts, Stoop in the water. And it says they crossed on dry ground. Now, I live on a lake. If you put your feet on the bottom of the lake, it's nasty. Yeah. It's like silt and goo. and Oh, it's so gross. It's like between your toes. You know, like, I don't know if you ever walked the park and stepped on dog poop barefoot. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. It, I grew up across the street <laughs> from the park. I, sorry. <laughs> Never happened to me, though. no. <laughs> It's disgusting. They crossed on dry ground. Now, now mind you, they crossed on dry ground, you know, all six or seven million of them. How long does it take to get seven million people across while there's chariots chasing you? Like, Like, man, I'm telling you, like there's stuff happening here. This is, listen, outside of the natural, listen, it's spiritual. That is the point that I'm trying to make. Like, you've got to tear down all of your reasoning. Like, how are we going to get across? Like, it's, what, what's the bottom going to look like? Are we going to be. There's lots of people. They're on chariots. Are they going to catch us? How did they not catch them? See, this is supernatural. That's the point I'm trying to make to you. And if you want to live a new life, I'm telling you, think spiritually, not naturally. Because if you look at things natural you get in, in your head, you get into fear, you get into concern, you get into worry, you get into all of that. And then he says, and we're taking every thought captive. How many thoughts? Every thought. To whose obedience? Christ. You cannot just think whatever the heck you're thinking. You don't have to think your thing. Your thinking is a choice. Listen, the power of a new life in Christ is that your soul is in submission to your spirit by choice, by choice. You have a choice. So I'm going to take a little permission for a second. Can I do that? I'm going to do it anyway, so just say yes. Okay, cool. Prophetically speaking, our church is in a new season. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm here to... Listen, I prayed about what I'm about to say to you. To the extent that you're willing to say, I'm going to lead with my spirit connected to God's spirit, is the extent with which you'll walk in newness. Like, I really felt like the Lord said, I want you to tell them, I'm doing something new. The season is new. Don't come to church and think it's going to be all cozy like it's always been. He's changing things. Listen, you're going to see a window in the near future, if God doesn't supernaturally heal me, where there'll be other people preaching for weeks. I mean, that's real. You know what I expect you to do? To be the body of Christ and stay. That's actually what I expect you to do. Because I am giving life and responsibility and ministry away. And I'm watching everybody rise up. And I'm like, this is amazing. Watching people grow. And listen, this is what I know to be true. The body of Christ, if the whole body functions together, it's better. And some of you are like, what does better mean? Better means that you've got the people with, with healing prayer ministering that way. The people that are preachers ministering that way. The people that are administrative ministering that way. The toenails being toenails. Some of you, are, I don't want to be a toenail pastor. I want to be a mouth. I, I don't know what you're called to. But if you as the body of Christ understand that this body is only efficient and effective as all of us do our parts. Listen, my dream is this, that as we start to raise up with our understanding, maturity and responsibility, that God will bring the new folks, the new life, the new opportunities, the grace, the the direction, the steps. See, when we steward well what he's given us, he can bless us with more. It's just that simple. Listen, I want to see our church grow. Not, and I don't mean numbers. I mean all the way around. Numbers, depth, experience, opportunity, ministry, anointing. I want to see us grow. That happens when each of us realize, I can't do it the way I used to. I can't. If you want to grow in Christ, you cannot hang on to the plow and look backwards. just can't do it. I've told you guys this before. I actually tried to do this one time although I wasn't literally looking backwards, I was looking at my feet. So I got on a football field and I thought, if I don't look where I'm going forward and I just look down, wonder how far I'll get before I'm off the track. Which incidentally, he's a lamp to our feet, a light to our paths, same, same principle. So I looked down at my feet and I got to about the, the 30 or 40 yard line and I was out of bounds. I started in the middle of the field. Just doing this, just looking straight down at my feet walking, not, not using my peripheral vision And I was out of bounds, less than half the field. You've got to keep your eyes forward in order to go where God is going. You can't look back. You can't ponder. You can't do those things. Okay, new season, move into it. Listen, be spirit-led. Be spirit-led. Okay, the next thing. So I talked to you about not looking in the past. Talked to you about not pondering, the pain of pondering. Be alert. Be alert. He says, don't call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I'm doing something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be, listen, aware of it? Now listen, listen. You should be aware that God is doing something different. How many of you guys feel like you're in a new season, like God is trying to do something different? Okay, if you don't, we want to pray for you at the end of this service. And I'm, being, and I'm not being flippant about that. We'll call up the ministry team when I'm done, and we want to pray for you. Because I believe God is releasing fresh ideas. I really believe that. I'm not just saying that because, hey, I'm your cheerleader. No, I'm your pastor who's trying to lead you into the next season of what God is up to. And I believe with all of my heart, he's trying to make you, listen, aware. That means that you would know, discern, and perceive what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. Super important. This is very spiritual. Listen, it's not natural. Can I help some of you smart people? You're not going to just figure it out. That's not how this works. This works because you surrender the intelligence to the Spirit of God. Yes, God, you've made me smart, but I'm following where you're going. You know what's crazy about that is Sometimes he'll tell you to go somewhere that doesn't make sense to you. But that is the way that he wants to get you there, and that is the way that you should walk and go. It's spiritual. It's not natural. He says, aren't you aware of it? He's only asking a rhetorical question there because they weren't. Okay, so he's trying to make us aware of it. He's trying to make us listen again. This is where the devil will attack you. He'll get you into insecurity, uncertainty. Did God really say, just like in the garden? Not any different. He's just going to come in and tempt you a little bit. He, but God wants you to be alert. Like Peter said it this way. This is remarkable to me. 1 Peter 5, um, verse 8 and 9 it says, Be of sober spirit. In other words, be focused on God, be on the alert same thing, be aware, your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Listen, listen, seeking someone, that means when you're distracted, he's now looking at you. But he says this, if you resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished by the brethren who are all over the world. In other words, this challenge is common to all of us. Stay firm in your what? Faith. Okay, do I need to wake you all up? Come on guys are like, you guys are like oh, pastor. I'm not even going long. I'm going to finish in a few minutes. I'm going to end early today. But some of you are like, you're like, come on, man, wake up with me a little bit. I'm trying to help you guys grab something that is fresh for the next season. So if you need to wiggle or do whatever you need to do, stand up, turn around, do it quickly though, because I'm going to keep going to the next point. Be alert. The devil is after you. He kills. He steals. He destroys. He's on your tail. That is his job. He's good at it. He's good at it. You need to know that. You lose sight, he'll attack. That's just pretty much how it works. So resist him. Listen, the next thing is this. Expect and look for the miraculous. Okay, watch. Watch. He says this. I'll even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I don't know about you, but I go outdoors a lot. So I, I'm a, like, go to the desert, go to the mountains guy, um, hike through the backcountry. you know, go find fish in a creek somewhere. That's me. That's, that's my world. Maybe you're, that's not your world. Maybe your idea of wilderness is traffic on the freeway. I don't know. You've, but are, how many of you guys have seen roadways in the wilderness that are just there? Now, people cut roadways in the wilderness. Incidentally I saw a picture of Pomona that was like 70 years old and it was beautiful there wasn't any houses at all like it was at the the 1057 junction like right in that it was beautiful rolling hills and I thought man it ain't like that no more But there roadways in the wilderness streams in the I live in the desert There ain't no streams in the desert Just telling you straight there ain't no streams I'm colorblind. I'm told everything's brown. I'm like, oh, I thought it was nice. (laughs) I don't know. Can you say supernatural? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's saying. If you want to find the new thing, you should be looking for and expecting something that is, listen, supernatural. You should be looking for opportunities, pathways, roadways, things that are out of the ordinary. Like one of my favorite stories, I love Moses' burning bush. You know, hey, Maybe I should go check that out. What? Well, watch. You're laughing, but what if he never checked it out? Is Moses Moses if he never looks? See, see, we think so naturally, we just think like, no, no, no. I'm not coming to that healing guy. That's weird. Okay. I'm, I'm seeking him out these days. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm wanting whatever God will give. I'm seeking that out. I'm also looking for that in our church world. Like, God, what doors you... Like, some of you go, oh, we did a marriage mystery. We had a really nice time. We did the oldly weds and the newly weds. I heard it was really fun and it was funny. And, and some of you think, well, that's just a thing. No, that's supernatural. You know why I know it's supernatural? How many years have I been trying to get that to go? And finally, I'm like, hey, what do you guys think about a marriage ministry? And they're like, we got it. <laughs> you know, seriously. And, and we have, you know... I don't know, 30 or 35 people show up. Well, it couldn't be 35 because it's couples, but you get to the point. They show up and they have a great time and now we watch the launching and then we got bowling coming, I think in a month or something. So for all of you who want to bowl under 100 because you're terrible like me, come on out. And and then, yeah, I know, (laughs) amen. Wow, that was a little bit too um, energetic. I don't know. But then we will build that into studies where we get to build our relationships and we get to grow together. And some of you go, yeah, but churches do that. Yeah. They do. But God, what God does in those things is super powerful. Amen. And I don't want you to miss that. You should be looking for the miraculous. In Hebrews 11:1 it says, "Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen." Listen, can I give you an encouragement? Dream. Please dream. Say I'm going to dream. What's your dream? What's the dream? How many of you guys have a dream? Listen, I have a dream. I have a dream. I do. I have a dream to actually change the world. That's actually my dream. But you know how I'm going to change the world? By changing you. That's it. Well, I don't mean you. But you too. I don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) To impart... Something of the heart of God that he's put in me into the person that's next to me, into the the people that God has entrusted me. I'm going to change you. I don't know. Maybe the next person who changes Thailand or Guatemala or or Mexico or preaches and evangelizes, maybe the next you know Greg Laurie or Billy Graham hears me. And I don't even know it. And I get to heaven someday and God goes, hey, good job. Those seven million souls that guy led to me, they're on your account. Way to go. Just because you're faithful with what God has entrusted to you. Amen. I've had people say to me, Man, how come your church isn't giant? I go, oh, I don't know. I, maybe I don't want. I don't know. I don't I, I love getting to do, I love knowing you. I love knowing your life. I love being able to pray for you and know what's going on. I love that. I also love watching people grow. I love discipling people. Like I remember meeting Russ, you know, 14 years ago, and now he's Pastor Russ with the Masters of Divinity and my right-hand guy. I remember meeting Henry, and I thought, who's this jolly dude (laughs) (laughs) coming on staff? And then he starts singing. Like he was doing worship with Bella. I got off the stage on Thursday, and it was beautiful. I just thought, man, who? Like I can look around the room and do that with like, I remember when Eric and Mina came in. Eric's one of our elders now. And they dream of changing the world. They want to be missionaries full time. I think that's my fruit. I know that sounds weird, but something of my journey imparted to them and they're growing. They went to Guatemala with me the first time and God blew them up. That's awesome. So will I ever have a church of 10,000? If God wants it, sure. But have I affected 10,000? Oh, yeah. Maybe more. And so I go, God, that's humbling. That something that I spoke or encouraged, something of your truth shifted someone's destiny. That is a powerful thought. Listen, listen. That is your gift as well. It's not just mine. You're like, but you got the mic. You got the Spirit of God. It's not just me. A lot of times we come and we have a wrong picture. It's the body of Christ not the person of James. It's a body of Christ. We all have different gifting, different gift mixes, and God wants us to impart those to build other people's lives and to release them into their destinies. Can I help you? Your destiny is not to make a lot of money. That's not your destiny. Your destiny is to serve God with whatever he puts in front of you. That's it. Okay, okay, let's let's pull this back together. Dream big. Take some risks that are spirit-led. You will never realize what God wants from you if you don't take some risks. Plan, make a plan, submit your plan, and then execute your plan before God. Walk it out. You will be shocked at what God will do through your life if you will just say yes. So look for the new. This is the last thing. I'm going to wrap up with this. Behold, I'm doing something new. It will spring forth. Now, when I read that, that idea of springing forth means that it's something sudden. Can I suggest something to you? The suddenness of the springing forth comes from a stewardship of a lot of time. So why do I speak with you with confidence like God is doing something new in this place? He's doing something new in your life. Don't you perceive it. Aren't you aware of it? Don't look back. Don't ponder the old things. Move forward with God because prophetically I'm saying to you, He's doing something new. He's doing something new, and he wants you to be blessed by the new. He wants you to walk in it. How do I know that? Because I'm like, wow, God, you want to do something new? Why are you giving me all this trouble? God, I'm not going to be in the center of it all. You know how much I love that. And he goes, man, i got to get you out of the way. You're in the way. He didn't actually say that to me, but I think he thinks that sometimes. I do. I think sometimes I'm the biggest hindrance and maybe the biggest blessing at times as well. So I'm not beating myself up. But man, listen, I'm trying to help you understand something. He is doing something new, listen, in you. The only way he does something new in us is if it's personal. He's doing something new in you. My question is, do you perceive it? Now listen, I know this for sure that you discover this stuff with the Lord. Like, you don't discover this stuff by hearing me preach, like getting it into your brain. The brain is the, the, like, think like a fuse. I just lit a fuse in you. I want you to think like this. I just lit a fuse in you, and the fuse is burning, and once it blows up, the brain leaves the, the equation, if you will, and now the, the, in, the ignition is in your spirit. It's in your heart. God, what am I going to do with this idea that my life is supposed to be different than it is, that there's something new coming. Listen, for some of you, it's new professional stuff. For some of you, it's new spiritual stuff. For some of you, it's newness in your relationships. And I don't mean a new wife or a new husband. You already got one. Hello? I mean, like I'm just saying, you shouldn't be looking for something that way. You should be looking for new responses, new attitudes of heart, new growth. You should be looking for your kids to change. You're like, Pastor, I've been praying for years. They're not changing. Don't stop. Behold, I'm doing something new. Aren't you aware of it? And it takes time sometimes. I've already told you I got a master's degree, a doctorate in impatience. I'm really good at it. But God is building patience in me right now. He is. I, you know, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a good thing. But, you know, sometimes the way God builds patience is he'll put you in the pressure cooker, which is pretty uncomfortable, if I'm honest. But that is how he grows us up. If I take control out of your hands, then Henry will rise. Pastor Russell will rise. Celeste will rise. Your elder board, they'll rise. Ishmael and Eric and... Caesar, and they'll all grow, they'll all just start to emerge, they'll all change the way they see and and do things, they'll all behave differently, because they'll realize that you don't got it, so we got to get it, because people need it, people need us to be, that's what's going to happen, so like my favorite thing, and then I'm going to do some praying for y'all, my favorite thing is that I am not in the middle of everything right now. But I have really good people who love Jesus, who are serving you, who are grabbing the baton and they're running with it, and they're doing great, great things and they're growing. So I, I just want to bless and encourage you like God is up to something new. And li- listen, listen, the new is in you. It's not just us as a church, it's not just me as a guy, it's us. So I want you to bow your heads. I, I just want to pray over you a blessing. When we're done with this, I'm going to ask the ministry team to make themselves available. Because I think some of you are in a season where you're like, I don't know what the new thing is, Pastor. I, I, and maybe you want some prayer. Maybe you want somebody to believe with you. Maybe you're running from God right now. And the new is that you're going to bow your heart instead of raising up and, and doing other things with the season that you're in. But some of you might need prayer for things I didn't just mention. And you're going to want to just say, Hey, I'm not going to run out the door. I'm going to get some prayer before I go. But I want to pray for you first. And Father God, I want to pray over our church body. Those in the house right now, those who are watching online, those who will catch this during the week, those who are serving in the children's ministry, they can't even hear this but they can capture it during the week. God, I pray that you would release the idea that you are doing something new. That it's not like squishing together the old stuff. It's a transformation of old to new, of past to present and future, of pondering to freedom, that there would be great releases in each and every one of us. Man, pray this with me. God, I want to know your will. And I want to know your will. I want to understand your ways. I know your scripture says that your ways are higher than mine. They're higher than mine. God, your your ways are higher than mine. And you need to tell them that, church. God, your ways are higher than mine. I want to walk with you, I want to hear your voice clearly. Oh God, where my soul rises up, would you shut it down? God, make me like David, where where he basically told his soul to shut up. Why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. God, for the newness, the release, the freshness, I pray that there would be just a deposit of your spirit in this moment. (coughs) That there would be a sense where it rises up in hope, like it says in Romans chapter 5, that hope doesn't disappoint because you love us. That's how it works. You kind of well up in us this sense of possibility. And God, I ask for that, a release of that. God, I pray for new seasons, new releases of the window of time that we're in right now, not only as a church, but as individuals. God, I pray that there would be an understanding of that season, like an actual, I, I'm, I'm getting it. Like, God, I'm following you, and I get a little bit of glimpse of what you're doing, but I want to walk in stride with you. I don't want to run ahead. I don't want to drag behind. I want to walk and follow you in every step. So give me this season with understanding, with clarity, God, with with clearness, so that as I listen and hear, there's not all of the voices in my head contending with the voice of the living God. That I would hear what you're saying clearly. And God, give me the courage, the faith, the diligence, the stewardship to follow you. Man, Church, I was just going to say something to you. I'm still praying, but I'm just saying something. It takes courage to follow God. It takes courage to do it. God, we need courage. We need what you spoke over Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll lead you. God, we need that kind of courage. God, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to know that you're with me, that you're on my hip, that I'm following your stride, that I'm walking in stride with you. And God, I pray right now that there would be breakthroughs. God, I pray supernaturally over our church that the blood of Jesus would be spoken and the authority of the name of Jesus would be declared that every weapon fashioned against us would not, shall not prosper. Come on, church, give me an amen to that. It shall not prosper. God, I declare new release, new vision, new ideas, new gifting, new creativity, new influence, new fruit. God, I pray that it would be a season of breakthroughs that where the enemy has come in to steal, kill, destroy, that you would expose him as a liar and that you would release authority. Authority. Somebody say authority. God, release authority in us to stand against the wiles of hell. God, and in that, that it would not just be for us that we would be able to release that, that faith and that confidence and that strength that you put in us, that we would walk with you in a way that others see the light of Jesus in our lives. But God, I pray for boldness, risk, creativity. Thank you, Lord. Just talk to him for a second, church. I know I do this with you sometimes. You talk to him. God, thank you. Thank you that the season's new. Thank you that we can hear your voice. Thank you that even though life has trouble, that you've overcome the world. Thank you, God, that our hope is not in our job, the United States, our economy, our possessions. God, our hope is in you. It's in you. God, we bless you for what you've given to us and trusted to us. But God, lower our sense of pride, our self-reliance. Lower that in us. Make us God-dependent, not independent or self-dependent. Make us God-dependent. God, I pray that we would be people who ask and seek your will, your way, your direction. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I'm just pausing because I just want you to listen. I just have a sense that God is trying to talk to some of you right now. Like when you leave this room, life's going to get like life does. Busy. This might be the longest moment of quiet, well, when I stop talking, quiet, that you're going to get today. And I think that the Lord is present to speak. I want you to listen.